Hey guys, what is up? And welcome to a brand new episode of Kate's Corner. I'm your host, Kate Cannon, and I am so pumped to be back with you all today. It has been a hot minute since I last released an episode because this semester has been filled with college decisions, choosing where I'm going to go, getting ready for graduation, all of the big stuff. And so there's just been a lot going on in my life. And now I am back. I am ready to start making podcast episodes again. Hopefully I'm going to be um, a lot more consistent this summer with making episodes, but I am just thrilled to have this opportunity to talk with you all and share some fun things about my life. So today I'm going to be doing a life update and my favorite things. So let's get into it. So let's start off by talking about the elephant in the room, my college decision. So I made my decision about a month ago and I decided that in this fall, I will be attending Tulane University in New Orleans. I will be an Honors Scholar and an Altman Scholar, which is extremely exciting. I'm very thrilled about that. And being an Altman Scholar means lots of really cool things. I get to double major in Finance and International Relations, so both a Business and Liberal Arts major. I also get to pick a language concentration, so following my studies in high school, I will be continuing to pursue my passion in Spanish. And I also get to do a lot of really cool international trips through the Altman program, including a summer trip to Mexico next year, and um, I will be spending my entire junior year abroad, which is pretty awesome. But this whole point of the Altman program is to give me a broader perspective of the world and what's going on in it, not just from where I sit in my position, both socioeconomically and literally, but also just allowing me to see things in a new way. And I just think it's going to be absolutely amazing. I can't wait. I'm so grateful for this opportunity. And yeah. So following up on my college decision, I'd like to take a minute to talk about the actual college application and decision process because it's really a lot to handle. And for those of you who are either rising seniors who will be going through this process in the next few years, I think this will be really important to listen to. So I'm just going to give my um, thoughts on the whole scenario and I hope you guys take something away from this. But to start off, the college application process really begins as soon as your junior year is over. You have to start really narrowing down what colleges you're actually going to apply to because before then you probably have a big list of dream schools and target schools and safety schools and there can be tons and tons and tons of universities and colleges on that list but at the end of the day you only have so much time as a student to apply while you're also taking your regular classes in high school so you have to narrow that list down and pick your top 15-ish schools that you want to apply to or less for some who feel more confident about less schools that's also great and so once you've gone through this elimination process you start thinking about essays and in the summer you can see what the essay prompts from the year prior were but they don't roll over to the next year until august of your application cycle i went to a camp last summer through my school that allowed me to start preparing for the college application process. And it was really interesting because the way you write these essays for colleges is very different than the way you write essays for your English classes in high school. You know, you're taught never use the word I in your essays in school. Well, all of your college essays are about you. You have to talk from your personal um, state. You have to talk about how things affect you, about what you think about the world. And so it's just very different from what you've been taught over the past four years. So you really have to kind of change your way of thinking in order to write these essays. And so that was a big shift for me because I'm so used to this formal style of writing. And so 
it was really hard for me to switch over to this more um, personal, conversational style of writing. Another big thing to focus on is that you really do need multiple drafts of your essays. These aren't the type of assignments that you can just do one draft of and boom, you're done. You really have to put time and thought into these essays to make sure you're giving these college admissions officers the best picture of you that is possible for you to share. So, you know, you start out, you, you create a rough draft, you have an outline of what you want to say, but with time, you hone it in on it and you really are able to cultivate something great. And so that was something I needed to learn because I'm used to just writing a paper, making a few edits and, okay, I submitted it, yay, the assignment's done. But no, for this, it took a lot more time, a lot more energy, a lot more deep thought on how I wanted to portray myself. Along with this, one of the reasons I talked earlier about eliminating schools and creating a narrow list is because writing these essays takes so much time. And depending on the school, you may have up to like four essays per school. And that takes, you know, you have to take a chunk of your time in order to work on this school and a chunk of your time to work on that school. And as much as you'd think there's overlap, schools really try to be unique in the questions they're asking you. So you really are writing so many different essays. And I think the advice that I was given before this process um, is something that's really stuck with me and I think is really true. And it says, um, the college application process, including writing the essays, filling out the personal information, uh, doing your financial information, is like taking an extra class. And it really is because you're doing at least an hour of work pretty much every day. Weekends are filled with quote unquote homework. I mean, you're just working 24-7 on these essays, making sure that they're perfected by the time you submit them. So that is a really, really, really important tip to take into consideration. So manage your time wisely. A huge thing that you need to make sure you're checking on throughout the whole college application process is deadlines. This is so major. Whether you're applying early decision, early action, or regular decision to a school, you need to know exactly when those dates are because if you're late, you've missed it, it's over. So you have to know exactly when you need to have all of your materials submitted. And the thing that you need to take into consideration is that it's not just your materials, but also your school counselor's materials, like transcripts, recommendation letters, all of that has to be submitted by a certain date. So make sure you're staying on top of that throughout the whole process. For me, that was really important because I applied to six schools early action, and then the rest of them I did regular decisions, so that was pretty much all around January 1st, though I had them in in December. But my early action dates I really had to keep track of because I needed to get those essays in as fast as I could. And if I was one day late, I wasn't gonna find out for three more months after the day that I thought I would find out. So I had to make sure all of my stuff was in when I needed it to be in. The last thing I want to talk about is the waiting for decisions. This was probably the most difficult part of my process. Actually, undoubtedly, it was the most difficult part of my process. It's so hard knowing that these colleges hold such big decisions about your life in their hands. And all you want is to know, did I get in? Did I get rejected? Did I get waitlisted? Did I get deferred? You just want to know. You want to find out so you can start planning ahead, so you can start making decisions. You can start crossing things off or adding things to a list. Like, there's so many possible outcomes. So the waiting is really hard. For me, the hardest ones were the regular decisions that came out at the very end of March and early April. I just struggled so much waiting for those to find out, you know, what's gonna happen with my future? Why do I have to wait a whole year to find out what's going on? And it can really cause a lot of stress. Um, for me personally, I was pretty worried all the time just waiting to get the email. Oh, your decision's been released, check your portal now. It's a very stressful process. And so 
really the best advice I can give is to be calm. Know that nothing you do is going to speed up the process. Nothing you do is going to change what the outcome is going to be. So just have confidence in yourself. Have hope. And at the end of the day, whatever happens is what's meant to be. I didn't know what college I was going to end up at at all. I didn't have a full plan. I really loved every school I applied to. That's how I made my list was every school I could truly see myself at was one I applied to. And I'm so happy with my decision to attend Tulane. I can't wait to be living in New Orleans. I can't wait to be starting this new life filled with opportunities. So just breathe, take your time and realize that what's meant to be will happen. God's got you. It's going to be okay. And you will be so happy in the end. Okay. Now that we're done with that, and I really hope that was helpful, I'm going to spend the rest of the episode talking about all my current favorite things. So to start off, I'm going to talk about reality TV shows because, of course, I'm a sucker for them and can't help myself but watch every episode ever. So my two favorites right now are The Ultimatum and Selling Sunset. So The Ultimatum and Selling Sunset are both on Netflix. They're both streaming all episodes. The Ultimatum is a dating show more or less it's kind of complicated i'll explain it in a minute and selling sunset is a drama and realtor show there's a lot going on with properties but also with friendships and relationships it's pretty awesome the ultimatum just released season one and selling sunset just released season five so for sure i recommend watching the ultimatum now since you can just start at season one But Selling Sunset also is really easy to catch up on. You start watching it and you have to binge every episode. So you'll be up to season five in no time. I highly recommend watching. I'm really obsessed with it. I think it's great. I follow every cast member on social media and I'm constantly watching their interactions and seeing what's going on. But to talk about the premise of the two shows, The Ultimatum is a show where couples come in. I think they have four total couples, so eight individuals and um there were more but this one thing kind of happens at the beginning so there's less and you come in with your partner and one of you has given the ultimatum saying that you either want to get married or break up which is a pretty big ultimatum and so you split with your partner when you first get to the show you're dating other people for a week who are in the same boat as you and then you pick someone to live with for three weeks so Whoever you came with originally, you're not with now. You're staying with someone else for the next three weeks. Very crazy. You're living together, learning if you like each other, all that. And then after those three weeks pass, you go back to your original partner. You're hanging out with them, learning what it's like to live with them, if you really do love them, if the other experience taught you something else about your partner. And after those three weeks, you have the opportunity to propose, but you get to choose whether that's to your original partner or your new partner. You also have the opportunity to simply walk away and realize you need time to be single and to learn more about yourself. And so I became obsessed with this show really, really fast. I think it's great. It draws you in. It is something I would never participate in, like almost every reality show I watch, but I absolutely adore it. I wish there were more episodes. And the reunion actually had me laughing so hard. There was so much going down, so many changes. 10 out of 10 recommend that you watch this show ASAP. Selling Sunset is a show in Los Angeles, but also in a bunch of areas nearby, like Hollywood, all that stuff. Um, And you've got the Oppenheim Group, which is a brokerage with realtors who are obviously selling houses. 
And these are not your average house that most of us people live in. These are beautiful, beautiful mansions that have insane views, insane interior. Like they're just the most amazing houses. I watch the show partially just so I can drool over these really cool places that I will never get to live, but I can watch in awe from afar. And I get caught up in this show because there's a lot going on with the friendships of the realtors. They are really complicated. That's obviously partially caused by the fact that this is a reality show, but they're really complicated. They're interesting. You've got people who look like they're best friends, but who are really going behind each other's back. There's just a lot going on all the time. And so when you mix the fact that these people are all in business together and trying to sell these homes and make money for the brokerage, but they're also, you know, sticking knives in each other's back, there's there's a lot going on. And so I just love watching this show. I certainly have my favorites. I will probably be some people's favorite for this and some people's least favorite for this, but I love Chriselle. She is my absolute favorite on the show. I think she's awesome. I also love Mary. Mary's great. But really, at this point in the show, you're either Team Christine or Team Chriselle. I am Team Chriselle all day, every single day of the year, all the time. Anti-Christine. I can't stand Christine. So, yes, that is my opinion. If you need anything else, feel free to reach out. Next up, I'm just going to talk about general TV shows that I'm watching right now. Number one is Cobra Kai. I am currently watching that with my family. We watch it pretty much every night. We're on season four now. Season five is coming out, I think, in September of this year. But I love this show. First of all, I think it's absolutely awesome that they got so many characters from the original Karate Kid to come back. I mean, these actors are so committed. And a lot of times you see people who got famous from these roles early in their life. They don't like to be connected to that because they want to build a career for themselves outside of that. But these actors love Karate Kid. They love the franchise. And so they've all come back and it's really cool. Um, but in general, I just really like the messages that are being portrayed in this show. It shows a lot about put together families and broken families, people from different socioeconomic statuses, people in relationships and not. There's just so much going on. And I find it so interesting because I think it's, you know, sometimes different than what I see in my own life. And I love watching the bonds that people form and the true emotions that are displayed on these characters. And so I just think this is such a good show. Netflix has done a great job with production and I'm excited to keep watching it. The other show I'd like to talk about, also a Netflix show, it seems like today I'm just on a Netflix rampage, but Emily in Paris, I love that show. I watch it with my mom. I know a lot of people think it's really cringy and silly, but I think it is a great show. I love the French. I love Paris. I love everything about it, and I think it's so fun to just sit down and binge a bunch of Emily in Paris episodes. The romance is impeccable. Absolutely love the male characters there are two main male characters and i love them both i think they're awesome though i'm team alfie not team gabrielle so sorry to team gabrielle fans i think emily is so funny i think she is really cool she's made a name for herself in this industry and she's trying to decide you know whether she wants to stick with her original firm or go to this new firm and there's just She's so cool and she stands on her own and she's really strong and I think she's come out of her shell a lot since season one and she's really become this strong, awesome woman. And so I just love watching the show. It's a really fun thing I share with my mom and I highly recommend it. Hey, so 
The next thing I'm talking about is books. And for those of you who don't know me super well, I am obsessed with romance books. I love them. They are my favorite in the entire world. I absolutely eat them up. I could read romance every hour of every day. It's the best thing ever. So there are two things I want to talk about. One is a series. One is just a standalone. And so I'm going to start off with the Cloverleaf Farm series. I found these on Kindle Unlimited the other day. I was just looking for something to read. I got a really good deal on Kindle Unlimited. And so I was like, hmm, you know, what should I read? And so I happened to come across this and I was like, oh, you know, girl and guy on cover, romance. This looks so up my alley. I have to read this right now. Well, I became sucked in to the Cloverly Farm series so fast. I started with Irresistible, the first book, and I finished with Taste, the seventh book, which is the most recent one put out. I'm now waiting for the eighth book to come out later this year, and I'm in love with every character ever. Ever. These are some of the best romance books I've ever met. They're probably a little intense, but I adore them. They make my heart so happy. I've like cried and laughed while reading these books. I think there's a lot of different tropes going on in these books. You've got the single dad trope. You've got the divorced mom trope. You've got the best friends to lovers trope. You've got enemies to lovers trope. There's literally everything you could ever want in all of these books. Makes me so happy. I could simply read them a million times and never get tired of them. I am a stan of every couple in this book. There is not one couple I'm unhappy that ended up together. They all deserved to have their happily ever afters. I am forever team happily ever after. I do not agree with sad endings. That is simply not a thing in my book. So yes, so happy with these books. Please read them if you're into romance. You need to read them now. The second thing I want to talk about is a standalone called a not so meat cute it's by megan quinn and omg am i in love with this book this book hit me so hard i actually can't get it out of my head i wrote a review on goodreads and it says i actually cannot stop thinking about this book i read it yesterday but it's popped into my head countless times today megan quinn writes these characters so well you literally cannot help but fall in love with them lottie and huxley are volcanic i am obsessed with them I will actually marry Huxley, and I mean the real Hux, the one underneath the facade he hides behind. This is so well written. Sometimes you burst out laughing and sometimes you want to scream because of communication failure. This is just chef's kiss and I 1 million percent recommend. Everything about my review stands true. This is officially one of my favorite romances I've ever read. Megan Quinn is now on my list of authors I need to read every book of. I... I am obsessed with Lottie and Huxley. Like I said, I think they're an awesome couple. I think they're also hilarious because this is really enemies to lovers at its finest. I think this book made me so happy all the time. And yeah, I really could read this just a bajillion times. It's great. And everyone should read this book. My last set of favorites I'm going to be talking about today is podcasts. If you know me, I am always driving and always listening to a podcast. You'll find me listening to a podcast way more than music, which is not something I would have told you a year ago, but it is so true. I love myself a good podcast. So to start off, I will talk about Chicks in the Office. Cito is a podcast by Barstool Sports, at least for now. There do be some drama going down, but 
Rhea and Fran, if I could be friends with them, they're the hosts. I would. They would be my best friends. I love listening to them. They make me laugh so hard. Their podcast is great. They cover current events in pop culture. They cover The Bachelor, which is one of my favorite reality TV shows. They do interviews with lots of celebrities, which I love to listen to because I get to find out information about them I didn't know before. I could listen to hours and hours of this podcast. I've listened to every episode they've put out in the last year. I love Chicks in the Office. So for those of you who are into pop culture and who don't mind a little bit of cussing here and there, it's a great podcast. Everyone should listen. The next one I'm going to talk about is What We Said. It is also a fantastic podcast. JC and Chelsea are the hosts. They're so funny. They know they're Valley Girls. They embrace that they're Valley Girls and they are just the best. They're always talking about really funny things, whether it's in their life or other people's lives. They also sometimes do interviews with other people or just like podcast episodes with other people. Um, They'll talk about their favorite products at the moment, but my personal favorite episodes are when they either do their advice columns or when they read Reddit stories. I love their Reddit stories. They read um, failed weddings, worst breakups, most embarrassing stories, etc. It always has me laughing to the point where I just cannot breathe. And so you have to listen to what we said. Have to listen. And the last podcast I'm going to talk about is Influence-ish. This is a newer podcast that I believe started in December. Its host is Maddie Blaine, who is a rising senior at Liberty University. And I came across her on social media. And when I saw she was starting a podcast, I was really excited. I have listened to every episode since she started. I love her. I think she puts a really fresh perspective um, on the world into her episodes. And she's really so wholesome and so truthful. And she's really confident in herself. And that's what I love about her. So if you're ever needing just a little confidence boost or a good way to start your day, Influence-ish is absolutely the way to go. Thank you guys so much for listening today. I'm so happy to be back podcasting with you all once again. You should see a few new episodes from me coming out soon, especially since summer is just around the corner. And as always, stay joyful.